how often does that happen? And and I think that that's part of the guilt for me sometimes is because it doesn't happen, there's no one celebrating. Good on you for sort of taking a rest and having some downtime. It really is something that's so inner that we've got to accept that that's what we need. Um, and But wouldn't it be wonderful if we all had Laura's like going, go you snail, like just slow down and lay down and rest. (laughs) Well, this is why we have each other. And this is why our listeners have us too, because we are celebrating your rest. We are celebrating your snail's pace or whatever pace you're operating at. If you know there is something deep inside of you that is yearning to be seen, to be known and to have expression, If there's something you need to reclaim and remember, maybe it's your power, your purpose, your gifts, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Reclaiming Ourselves. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm honored to have three amazing co-hosts, Laura Shuk-Guzman, Belinda Hahn, and Emily Sikorsi, here with me on this journey to self-discovery. Every week, we're going to help you unravel and remember what it means to reclaim yourself, to own who you are, to recognize your innate worth and greatness. Now, this podcast is a deep dive into self-development, healing, and empowerment. So hold on. Here we go. Hi, and welcome back to Reclaiming Ourselves. I'm so excited today because this is the wrap-up episode for our first season on Reclaiming Ourselves. All the co-hosts are here and we want to do a check-in, right? How are we doing? How are you doing? I think it's so important as we're approaching the holidays and really often in our life to kind of slow down and check in. How are we doing, right? Pause, rest, contemplate. And so that's what we're going to do today. And I thought we could start off with kind of maybe a centering exercise or a way we can kind of connect to ourselves. And so I'm going to leave that to Laura. Welcome, Laura. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Sonia. It's so wonderful to be here, especially all together again. Um, and, And I think that just taking a minute to pause is a wonderful thing to do as we move into this conversation. And I know some listeners might be in the car, they might be walking and, you know, doing something while we're centering. So I want to invite everyone, you know, come into the body to the degree that you're able, definitely keep your eyes open if you're driving, doing something really important. But what I want to demonstrate today is that we don't actually have to stop and become completely still, that to turn attention inwards and to pause is all about awareness. And where do we place this awareness? So if you're somewhere where you can sit, slow down, lay down, feel free. Or if you're walking, driving, just take a minute to bring your attention to my voice. And let's just take a moment to go into our breath. And so no matter where you are or what you're doing, I want you to just take a minute to notice your body breathing. And you can just notice the body as it's taking the inhale through the nose, noticing the temperature of the air as it's moving in, and then allowing your exhale. Noticing the temperature of the air as it moves out the nose or the mouth. And no need to judge or change the breath. We're just simply 
noticing the body breathing. And in this act of awareness, we bring ourselves more into our center. If you need a little more calm, you can actually exhale a little longer than the inhale. It's bringing the body into a more relaxed state, deepening that exhale. And then just bring awareness to what is my body feeling in this moment? Maybe feeling the bottoms of your feet or your hands touching the steering wheel or touching the chair that you're sitting in or the body that you're in, just resting your hands on your lap and noticing the top of the head, the top of the shoulders. These are all areas we can just notice the body in this moment. And notice the body breathing. And in this little bit of awareness, we can just check in to notice what are we feeling in the body? What are we imagining? What are the thoughts that are flowing through and just releasing and letting those go? And what are the emotions that are moving through the body? Energy moving through. And then we send gratitude to our body for showing up in this present moment with us and the awareness that we have of self, sending that gratitude. And then with your next inhale, just bring awareness back into the edges of the body, bringing you back into the room and exhaling. And when you're ready, slowly starting to open your eyes if you were closed or starting to move back into your activity. And there we go, Sonia, just a little pause and an assessment of how we're doing. So how are you feeling that. after that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really good. And, you know, that's kind of where I thought we would start today is really just to check in with each of us, you know, and an invitation for our listeners to check in with themselves as well. You know, where are we in this season and time of our lives, wherever we are? And, you know, how are we doing, right? Where are we at? And I think mm -hmm. so often we're just so quick to say, I'm good. Things are good. Yeah, everything's good. I'm good. We're good, you know? <laughs> and I often don't always feel that way. A lot of times I don't even necessarily know what I feel, right? I, I'm maybe a little tired or, you know, I was just sharing with the co-hosts before we started that I'm really unmotivated right now. I think I'm in that season of winter where I just want to go inward. I want to be quiet. I want to be still. I want to rest. I don't want to do things. And yet I have kind of this war inside myself telling me I should do more and I should be more productive. And, you know, so it's this really interesting place. And I feel like there's a lot of people right now in an interesting place. The world is very interesting right now. And I think it's important that we, we check in and we talk about it. So how are you, Laura? <laughs> I'm doing well. I am grateful to be here, like I said, all together. 
and looking forward to hearing from um, Emily and Belinda. And, and I love hearing your check-in because I usually track, you and I have similar energy flows. <laughs> and I am also feeling that, you know, grateful for the winter season because as it gets cooler, it's as if there's a giant permission slip <laughs> to just cuddle. I just want to be under blankets. I want to be <laughs> sipping hot beverages. I want to be curled up. And I think that, you know, I'm glad I'm taking a whole week off actually um, this week in the States. We have Thanksgiving. So I'm taking um, the rest after this. I'm taking all the rest of the week. And then um, I am going to be off during um, the holidays in December for a couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to moving into this place of energy recovery is really, I'm really thinking of it. It's not just rest, but it's active recovery for my energy so that I can move into 2023 rested and ready. I love that. Emily, how about you? How are you? Yeah, I love what you just said, um, Laura, about active recovery versus rest. As Sonia said, we were chatting before we re started the recording about feeling guilty about rest or feeling guilty about feeling unmotivated when the list is long. But if we switch and we start thinking about that as active recovery time, and that active recovery might look like laying on the couch with like, I like to pile many blankets on me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it may look like sitting outside. I live in a temperate climate, so I can do that. And it's actually the lovely time of year, but it's still chilly. But whatever it, it needs to be, I think I'm, I'm the, I've started going down that path of like, yeah, what if we didn't call it rest? So we didn't have to deal with the baggage of that. And we called it, this is my recovery time. Mm. So anyway, that just jumped out at me. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling personally like a lot of peace moving into this season. I recently, um, this season of the year where there's lots of celebrations and holidays is difficult because I've lost people close to me. And so it's always tinged with a lot of grief and loss and processing. And I was listening to somebody speak about how they loved the holidays. And I've kind of, since going undergoing these losses, become a little bit less somewhat enthusiastic about them coming. She was saying she loves them because of the mix of melancholy and merry memories and then present moments of juiciness, mm -hmm. that it's that mix that makes it so precious to her. And so I also took a note from that. I was like, oh yeah, you know, what if we celebrated the fact that we're going into a time where we, where I personally have a lot of memories and of people that are no longer with us. And at the same time, I'm creating memories for my family now. So that's just as dear. I don't know. I'm trying to embrace all that. I'm feeling centered at the moment. I'm sure <laughs> I will feel off course and, you know, about an hour, but um, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at today. <laughs> what about you, Belinda? Oh, well, I feel like all of you have just spoken to me <laughs> and helped me understand what's happening for me because I think last year, so if I sort of zoom out, last year was really, I think, a whole year of inner winter, um, really just so much inner work and um, active rest and recovery as well. Um and this year's been really in our summer. <laughs> and, you know, I just really feel like it's been a year of action and um, being out in the world. And, you know, I just graduated from the Stanford Compassion course. So there's just been so much wonderful 
we went to Italy for two months and it's just been so much joy and so much um, light and expansion. And then sort of zooming into my direct experience right now, I'm recovering from COVID. I feel really unwell and I'm being called into inner winter and it's kicking and screaming. (laughs) So thank you for reminding me about because what's being called that I'm just not listening to is active rest. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, but I love summer. You know, I want to be in this expansion and activity and everything. Rest is not natural for me. It's something that I have to I have to work on constantly because it's not a natural tendency. You know, sometimes rest initially ignites the my threat response and I start sort of turning on myself all of that kind of thing as well so I've sort of got to get get through that period and not distract myself from that and then sort of just surrender and so thank you to all of you for reminding me that that is actually what I'm being called to do and and I've just been resisting it so much even though I have been technically resting it hasn't been really rest if, if that makes sense gosh, I can really resonate with all of you. I feel like, and I I think I'm also becoming more and more aware of the resistance to rest, of the guilt that I have. I, you know, I normally wouldn't have said in the past that I experience a lot of guilt. You know, it's not uh, an emotion or a feeling I'm really familiar with. I have remorse, of course. I have, you know, things I wish I would do, but guilt isn't one of those things that um, I wear a lot, right? And I've been noticing more and more how guilty I feel for resting, right? And even now, like I'm in this beautiful country of celebration. You know, Mexico's always celebrating, right? Right right now is a huge celebration day. All this past, pretty much every weekend is a huge celebration. There's fireworks, there's people dancing in the streets, there's parades. And lately, I don't want to go out, (laughs) you know? And even that makes me feel guilty, right? Like, oh, I'm not enjoying what I have. I'm not enjoying what I can access, but I just feel so called to rest. And so it's really interesting. I mean, what do you all think about that? Why do we experience so much guilt around resting? Hmm. I'm curious, Laura, if you think, I feel like there's something encoded in my genetics. There feels like something just like, inherent that pushes against the idea of rest. And I don't know if, if it's, you know, just watching my grandmother's like constantly work and my grandparents, like their work ethic and that, I don't know, like if it's that piece of it, or is it as the cultural piece that I've been ingrained, like in me or the combination of both? Mm -hmm. I wonder about the muscle memory of rest and I don't know what you would have to say about that. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that when Belinda used that term to you, you know, it's not my natural state. Biologically, rest is our natural state. Like human beings are designed to be rhythmic, to move in patterns of energy output and energy input, which is the recovery. And all like organizational and performance psychology will show, right, that it's like you're not even able to optimize your um, biology like as an athlete unless you learn those patterns of training and then recovering. And even in that, we see our coaches and athletes 
lose track of that and push until there's injury. And so there's this really interesting, you know, for a long time, it's not just in our modern culture, in humanity, there is this drive to be able to keep up with our inventions. It's kind of like as we evolve and we create more technology or we get more and more sophisticated and how we build structures or we build technology, we, we then keep pace with the way that this technology and this machinery works and that we start to lose track of our animal nature and this disconnection. So I find all of this very fascinating. And I'm, I'm as a psychotherapist, I am somewhat an expert, but I would say there's probably people out there that are much more like this is their like wheelhouse <laughs> where they look at this. But what I see mm -hmm. with my clients is often time and time again, when we dive in, it's a conditioning, it's a cultural conditioning that rest is not safe and that that has been carried, you know, so there's intergenerational stories about rest not being a safe thing. And so we're constantly engaged in the work to keep us safe, to keep producing, to be able to keep track. And Pico Iyer actually has a really great TED talk in which he names that we have begun to lose pace with our natural rhythm, I think he says, and start to try to pace with machines, that we do believe that we work at the pace of machines and that that's part of our mm. challenge right now. So I would agree with that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And, and especially as women, so just sort of talking about this cyclical nature of, of, of us and, and being able to honor that. And, and, and yet there's sort of outer, outer dimensions that impact in terms of, especially this time of the year, all the million things that are on with the kids and everything, um, the, all the system things. And as we talked about before we started the recording, you know, it's really so countercultural rest. You know, it's, mm -hmm. we're just, told you know we're being busy is the right thing that's when we're making you know achieving and and making contributions and and I think for me like Laura mentioned I, I just feel like there's so much in my conditioned response that prevents rest mm -hmm. you know like the sort of core beliefs like I need to do more I need to be more I need to have more I need to learn more and even that sort of time scarcity like I just need more time you know all of that um really they're the barriers to me being able to just go you know what like the the writing is on the wall it's time to sort of dip into that rest and restore but it sometimes just takes a lot of ignoring the sig signals um, before that that awareness comes in. That phrase you, you said, Laura, about that we're trying to work at the pace of machines, that really hit me. Like, mm. what are we doing? <laughs> I mean, that's insane. That's insane. And then this idea of keeping pace. And this is something I, I kind of wrestled with. I, I guess I'm still wrestling with it, but certainly in the last year, this idea of like, what is my pace? What is my pace, right? If I'm not going to, no thank you on keeping pace with machines, even though that's like a sucks you back in. No thank you on grind culture. That's not my pace. Yes to the moon cycles. And like, I want to understand that. And I want to understand my body cycles. And I want to, I still want to create things. I don't want to be a cog in the wheel of a, a system that has convinced me that in order to have value, I must be producing at all times. But I do have a drive to create and to manifest the things that I 
want to create in the world. So what is my pace? What does that look like? Um, and I think that's something that is, is hard this time of year. It's so easy and all the noise to lose sight of that quest of saying, wait, is this my pace? Can I take a step back? Can I find my pace in, in the midst of all of these other pressures and influences? Mm -hmm. Mm, and also not like having our own individualized pace (laughs) because sometimes I really feel like I you know I'm looking at other people and they seem to be able to do more than I can (laughs) without sort of needing that rest and you know as someone who's highly empathetic and sensitive you know I I need more more of that dipping in and more of that sort of restoration and sort of accepting that that is actually just part of my makeup and that's that's okay yeah I mean, I feel like pace has been something I've been talking about and exploring for a long time. And I feel a lot like a snail, (laughs) to be honest. Like, I feel like my pace is kind of a snail. And maybe that's just a momentary thing. And maybe that's just the season I'm in. But, you know, I, I feel like I get a fraction of things done that I used to get done. I mean, I think about how much I used to produce or how much I used to create or how much I used to get done. And now it's like, well, I might get something done once a month, you know, (laughs) it's like this, it's such a different reality. It's such a different pace as I play with it. And, and yeah, and I find it really hard not to feel guilty. And I, and I've put myself now in a, in a culture, in a country where I can slow down, in a lifestyle where I can slow down. And it's actually, it's helping me face more of my demons, right? It's helping me face more of the condition tendencies I have because I have the ability to slow down. I have the influences even that will help me slow down, but my internal world is still raging. My internal world is still fighting. My internal world is still kicking and screaming. And so it's allowed me to come really face to face because I feel like, you know, pace and slowing down, these are things I've been talking about for a long time. These are things I teach for a long time. And yet really facing the truth of what's still inside of me has been a really interesting lesson. And, you know, one I'm, I'm really thankful for um, that I can start to integrate more of this, right? There's a lot there, though, under the surface is a lot there that I'm facing. Um, but I think this is such an important reflection, right? And, and, you know, one of the other things I've noticed is everyone rolls very differently and everyone has to honor their own pace, you know? know, even within my family, the four of us all operate at very different paces. Like none of us function the same. Some are closer than others to each other, but really we all have a really different natural pace. And that's even challenging. Like, you know, we have this little ecosystem and how do we honor each person, this little ecosystem and how do we do that in a bigger system? Right. So, you know, I think this is such an important and interesting conversation. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, we are here to, you know, we teach what we're here to learn. (laughs) It's that expression. So you and I, Sonia, we've had a lot of our, you know, whole friendship was based. We came together like as Mm -hmm. very overwhelmed, busy moms (laughs) saying there has to be a different way. There has to be a different way. And I love and celebrate (laughs) that you feel like a snail right now. That is such an amazing shift. And you know, your energy when we first met, you could get mm-hmm. so much done. You were you were and are always have the capacity of being, you know, quite the powerhouse. And I celebrate you for slowing it down. And I can really feel it and sense it 
you know, like you said, you're, you're able to be with yourself in a different way. And I, and I think that that's something that is an obstacle for some of us is when we do slow down and we get still, sometimes we don't know and or have the tools to be with what comes up in that time of rest or stillness. And you know, I have a, a client right now that said, yeah, I don't want to, I'm going to be, I'm just busy right now and the holidays are hard and, and they have grief loss things that they're working with. And she's like, I'm actively just not gonna slow down right now. Cause I don't want to be with that. And so we're working on, well, how, what would it be like to be able to slow down and feel more confident in your tools? That's like, I can let a little bit of that in without being overwhelmed. And so that's, a whole nother thing of how do we work with what comes up yes. when we're resting. Yes. And thank you. Thank you, Laura, for saying that too, because, you know, like I could feel myself tear up, right? Like how often are we acknowledged for being a snail? <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I want to also just say, Laura, that was really wonderful recognition because how often does that happen? And And I think that that's part of the guilt for me sometimes is, because it doesn't happen, there's no one celebrating. Good on you for sort of taking a rest and having some downtime. It really is something that's so inner that we've got to accept that that's what we need. Um, and But wouldn't it be wonderful if we all had Laura's like going, go you snail, yeah. like just slow down and lay down and rest. <laughs> well, this is why we have each other and this is why our listeners have us too because we are celebrating your rest. We are celebrating your snail's pace or whatever pace you're operating at. Yeah. And celebrating the things you're saying no to. If you say no to things, like I, I'm a baker. I love to bake. Right. And so I used to, I would be in heavy baking mode right now. And like after work, I'm going to bake another batch of this and that and the other. And like, that's what my mom did. And that's what my grandmother's did. And that's how you prepare for the holidays. And I'm like, nah. I'm going to bake one set of cookies and instead of making four pies, I'm going to make one and everybody's going to bring something. And so like, we need to celebrate too, what we're saying no to what we're getting rid of instead of, mm. I know I just can get so easily sucked into the, like, Oh yeah. Oh, you're already done with your shopping. And then you feel like shit. Cause you're like, oh, I haven't even started But that comparison. And, and that it is a lack of self-compassion and, and we also miss the chance to celebrate one another when we're like, if we don't give encouragement for like, oh, cool, you're not going to that party? Me neither. <laughs> Yay, us. We're saying no. Because yes. it's easy in the philosophical sense, but, you know, it's difficult in the practice. It's really difficult because we're straining against who we think we are, right? I'm the person that gets all this stuff done. No, I'm actually not that person because... No, I'm not getting that stuff done. But even the snail or the slower pace part, that's not even the real me. Like I'm underneath all of all of those constructs too. Yeah. I think identity plays a big part in it, right? Like Yeah. So many people ask, what have you got going on? What do you like if I'm around people, there's a pressure to be doing something. There's a pre you know, and I never know how to answer anyone anymore. Like, you know, how things going or, you know, I'll have I have a few people I meet with, like I have a few other coaches sometimes that I meet with, you know, every few weeks and and they're like planning and they're doing all their business stuff and they're like, So what's going on with you? And I always feel like, well, <laughs> 
you know, I don't know. Not much. I mean, there are things. There are things, of course. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's like the whole world's wired to question this. And, you know, right now I think about my my daughter who's 20. And she's not going to college right now, and she doesn't have a job right now. She can't work, actually technically work here in Mexico at the moment. And, you know, everywhere she goes, people are like, well, what are you doing? Are you going to college? Are you doing this? Do you have a job? What's happening? You know, and, you know, I'm trying to help her because she feels so much shame around that, like there should be something that she's doing. And, you know, and I just keep encouraging her to just honor where she's at, which is just like, this is a time of figuring things out. This is a time to decide what she wants to do. But there's not a lot of permission in that. You know, a lot of people just have so much pressure and expectations that we should be doing the next thing. And, and I can feel that in myself too, right? Every time someone asks me the question, you know, what do I say? I'm, I'm resting. I'm in a season of rest, right? Like, I, I think I'm going to start doing that, right? But Yes. It, you know. Fire that not, one off. Yes. Yeah. It's Own not it. natural though, right? It's not what we're <laughs> programmed to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes people might, you know, say, oh, wow, that's great. What are you doing after that? <laughs> you know, it's like we're still always looking and, and it's such this cultural story, this collective story. And so I think it, it starts with, you know, what you just said, we're all celebrating each other on this call. We're celebrating rest for our listeners and and finding these different little pockets of community that do remind you, oh, you're valuable right there, laying there resting instead of that value always being like, okay, yeah, rest and let's get back to your productivity and that value. And, and I think, you know, it's internal, it's that internal know your value, but it so helps when you have people around you celebrating your value for knowing your limits. And like you, you know, I had said, Emily, setting boundaries, like that's a beautiful thing to do, you know? And if we say, oh, I see you there. Good job. You just said yes to yourself even though it was a hard no to your family or to that client. And so I think it's just been, I know it's been a really important piece for me to surround myself with people. Hint, hint, Sonia Stammen right here. Like she, she's been a, a great, um, you know, collaborator, little co-snails um, because we've been able to keep encouraging each other. And that's huge. It just goes a long way. For the listeners that are thinking, you know, who's who's your who's your um, snail accountability partner instead of it being your like productivity <laughs> accountability? <laughs> yes, that's good. We should all have one of those. I love that. Hundred percent. Yeah. I think the further I've gotten into entrepreneurship, the further I've moved away. Like I went into all those constructs about, oh, this is a time of year that you have to set goals and you got to make sure this. And like the further I've gotten into it. I just go back to like slow and steady wins the race. Like that's just sort of me. Like I'll be the turtle. You said snail, but I'm like, I'm kind of like the turtle and you may underestimate me because I'm just moving pretty slowly. But at some point I know that I'm going to knock your socks off, but that's not going to be the result of winning the race. Like I was the littlest, like I'm not going to win the race. I'm not going to be the strongest, shortest one on the basketball team, but my defense was really good. Like, I think that there's also celebrating the wins in that, like the fact that if you're moving slower, you're going to see a lot more. You'll be able to take in the the surroundings better, you know, just little like that's sort of, um, you know, allegorical for the, for the tortoise or the snail. But I think we overlook what comes to us when we resist 
kind of just speeding ahead or we resist what is expected of us. Sort of that joy of missing out kind of idea. Mm. Mm, absolutely. And and the productivity that comes out of doing nothing. <laughs> Do you find that as well? Mm. All of the creative mm. ideas and everything that we can, well, I can just sit there and just, you know, try and perfect and come up with these solutions and everything. And then when I give up and, you know, I'm on a long walk or in the shower or whatever, that's when when it comes to me. Yeah, same here. Yeah. And isn't that funny? Yeah. We forget that. <laughs> it's like it happens and we forget. Yeah. Yes, we do. You said earlier though, too, Laura, that, and I wrote this down, rest is not safe mm-hmm. to us. Mm. And that just, ooh, that's, that hit me right in the gut because I think I feel that sense of vulnerability. And maybe that's what's connecting for me too. It's like, here I am just vulnerable. I can't put my identity in what I'm getting done or what I'm doing for other people right now. Mm -hmm. I can't run that load of laundry and feel good while I'm watching TV, but I'm also doing this other thing for someone else. That's not available if I'm truly resting and that's uncomfortable. You know, as you're saying, Sonia, it like makes you look at things Mm -hmm. or choose yourself. And that's hard. That's so hard to choose yourself. Yeah. Well, and I I can definitely probably remember a lot of experience of shame for slowing down or resting, taking care of myself, for not being productive, for not getting things done, for not, you know, producing. Like there is a huge amount of shame I have internally from that. And and that's where my kind of unsafety Mm. is, right? If I'm not producing, if I'm not getting things done, if I'm not, you know, having results, then, you know, something's inherently wrong with me. Something is shameful about me and and it pulls up those feelings and i've experienced a lot of that activation lately you know as i am you know still fighting but also you know allowing myself to slow down there's a lot of activation of shame that's been happening and you know i've had to be with it you know so back to what you were saying earlier laura is like being with it is part of that process right part like the permission and the willingness to be with whatever shows up as you slow down is a piece of this journey and it's a really important piece and you know i've had to to be willing to face a lot of that shame. And that is hard. Like to me, that's the hardest stuff to face. And there's a lot of it, right? And it it really has helped me understand why I kept myself so busy, why I always strive for more, why I was willing to work myself into the ground to accomplish things is because I was running from that right? And not really running to something as much as I claimed, as much as I pretended to be running to something, I was running from that feeling. And so it's been really interesting to have to like finally face it and finally work with it and be with it. And, you know, it's still a hard process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's taken time. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. what I think is important is we're talking about shifting something we've been conditioned it's not a light switch you know yet Mm-mm. once you start to to shine that light on it that awareness then you have more and more i think choice of kind of in the moment feeling it being aware of like oh i really want to give myself permission to rest but i have a lot of shame around that or i have discomfort about what i'm going to feel when i do rest or you just start to at least get to understand what is that story that you keep telling yourself about rest 
And then you, once you're starting to unpack that one, you can be like, oh, and how much of that story is externally driven and how much have I internalized from family or, you know, so there's just so much to be said about just looking at rest. It's like, why is it such a complicated relationship that we are having with something so innately human? I mean, we need rest. It's so, it's as, just as important as water and oxygen and, you know, and yet we have this complicated relationship with it. Yeah. You know, it really reminds me, it's, it's something that really hit me as I've been um, studying more about, you know, our nervous system and trauma and these different things. Somebody I was listening to was talking about how, you know, our natural state is the rest, right? The the activation is something we do in the moment of trauma or in the moment of something happening, right? That's that's like our natural state, you know, in terms of facing something that's scary or facing something that's threatening. But rest is actually where we should be all the time. And then that the sympathetic or the activation is really just like occasionally when we are so opposite, right? We are activated all the time. Like that's what I'm really realizing as I slow down is I'm actually in activation and hypervigilance all the time, but I have... I've maintained it. I've managed it, right? I've kind of shelved it under this idea that I'm calm and that I'm centered. And But like the more awareness I open up, I'm like, wow, I'm activated all the time. And so we've really, you know, switched such a, our nature. And that really hit me as like, wow, you know, biologically, we're really off. <laughs> like We're really off, you know. A powerful realization. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Thank you for that reflection. I'm going to actually kind of use that to, I was thinking, you know, to explain base camp, which is like baseline should really be, yeah, is, is your parasympathetic. There, there you are base camp. Then you got to climb the mountain. You got to hike, you got to get somewhere that then you mobilize and your sympathetic nervous system will come on to get you mobilized and get you going. But then, you know, the ability to return to that base camp, return to baseline, that is your resilience right there. It's like, because mm -hmm. you're going to constantly be activated and charged. And those are the words we use, activation, charge. Uh, you know, it's like something is, is actually mobilizing, but it's often a temporary state because then you come back after that, you rest and you're just, you know, and rest cannot be, uh, it doesn't mean sleep. People get that confused. It's like, yes, we need eight hours of, of sleep a night at at least, and most Americans get four to six, just saying, but we need that sleep. But that's also, you know, rest is like sitting calmly. We have to be actually in parasympathetic to digest our food properly, to get all the nutrition from our food, to be able to like eat is to be resting. <laughs> and how many people are eating like in an activated, sympathetic, aroused state? Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting. We start looking through that lens and realize how most people will if they report how, what state they're in, they're in sympathetic more often throughout their day. Mm. And Laura, you've just helped me get an insight in terms of what's been happening for me. I've been mm. in sympathetic rest, <laughs> if, that's a, if that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> like I've been activated, like just I need to rest and I don't know what rest is. And but I'm sort of like it, it's, it's rest as an action, like mm. I'm, I'm doing rest as mm. opposed to 
an embodied being rest. Mm. <laughs> so I've somehow like activated my sympathetic nervous system, probably because, you know, my default mode network can be a, like a difficult place to be in rest. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really, yeah, it's really interesting to sort of reflect on the different ways, I guess, that we do go into rest and what are the barriers and everything as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really good point because I think a lot of times we're in activated rest, right? Like, you know, we're we're binging, we're actually disconnecting or disassociating, right? Like we call it rest, but it's like in activation. It's not really in our parasympathetic. It's not really in a relaxed state. It's not really enjoying things, you know, it really being embodied and experiencing whatever. It's like we're in this like activated. And that's what I've noticed about myself a lot of times when I I look calm and I look like I'm resting, but my body's in like freeze or my body is in constriction. And I'm like, ooh, I'm actually activated. I'm not in rest right now. (laughs) And and so, you know, that's a really good point I think it is to make because you know, as we're exploring the subject, you know, what is active rest or what is rest for us, right? Being able to discern that a lot of times what we're calling rest is not giving us the recovery that we need. hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's a key piece, like knowing what recovery, knowing what your recovery looks like and easing into that. Like I find at the end of my days, I don't feel necessarily like while I'm sitting at my desk finishing up, I don't feel necessarily stressed. But the minute I step outside to take the dog for a walk, I'm like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> I was holding all of this, right? I feel it in my body. And then I notice the swarrows and the cactus run. And I feel now I'm starting to like come down. I'm starting to recover. Understanding what our recoveries look like can go a long way. Like I'm, I'm wondering about that as we're having this conversation. And if we all had a good idea of what does recovery look like and maybe by calling it recovery, we, we remove some of the stigma around rest and the feelings of guilt and, but we all need to recover. And that's a daily practice because it's a daily onslaught of what we're taking on without realizing it. We're climbing that hill a lot. Laura, we're climbing that mm-hmm. hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need to come down, come down the hill. You know, and if anything, up and down, that's up right, and down, that's up and right. down. <laughs> you know, and if anything, I hope you know this episode just inspires, or you know, even offers some permission, right, for all of us to take that recovery path, to take that rest, to figure out what we need, especially during this holiday season, which does bring such a mix of emotions for most of us. Um, And I think it's really important to rest. So, you know, as we wrap up today's episode, which I love, um, I'd love to just hear from each one of you, anything you'd like to share with the listeners as we wrap up the season, anything you'd like to share, um, or anything about the topic we're talking about today, which is rest and recovery. What do you think? Something jumps into my mind and heart. You know, I think the idea of reclaiming ourselves and the idea of rest and recovery in our culture, in the dialogue, sometimes the, the mindset is we need to do more. We need to do better. We need to change this. And I would just offer to our audience, if at any point during this season, you know, you felt that tug, acknowledge it, but know that you are complete and whole all within yourself and you don't have to do anything different to reclaim yourself. I mean, even just listening and actively as a form of that. So 
I would just offer that up to our audience and just a lot of gratitude in my heart for taking us along on your walks and allowing us to have that conversation and reassure you that you're enough. Beautiful. So I just, yeah, I'm so grateful for having this opportunity today. It feels like um, self-therapy for me. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, really grateful to have been part of this this project. And, you know, one of the things that has has arisen for me through doing this um, this podcast has been it's been a reclaiming myself journey (laughs) it um you know it's been joyful and it's also I've seen the ways that I am continuing to abandon myself and all of that and so I just I guess I just want to reiterate that this is a journey that never ends and the best partner we can have on this is compassion (laughs) Because that is the the partnership that we can have as we navigate forgetting and remembering, you know, resting and not resting. That is how we can do this well, I guess, and make it easier. Um, And then I've also recognised as I've been learning so much about compassion that resistance and compassion cannot they cannot exist together. So if we're having trouble accessing compassion, then asking what are we resisting about our direct experience either internally or externally and and start there rather than trying to seek compassion, which is, you know, I've done that too. (laughs) So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And, yeah, I would really just like to kind of conclude this conversation by reflecting on something that Emily said, actually, with the embracing the merry and the melancholy of this season And I think that that is very well applied to life and being in rest and being with, being with ourselves in order to allow that deeper recoveries that there's that joy that, you know, once we slow down, we reconnect to ourselves and there's so much magic that comes from connection with ourselves and others. And there's a lot of joy that we can experience at a deeper level. And also knowing that the melancholy will also be there. The sitting with the self isn't always easy. It can bring up memories or reflections or or things that you don't always feel comfortable being with. Yet it's my belief that embracing all of that is how we move into a deeper connection with ourselves and create more capacity for being in the world. Yeah, really beautiful. I love that from everybody. And, you know, I really appreciate this opportunity to be with you all, you know, both the listeners and the co-hosts. Like it has been a really amazing season of discovery and exploration, unpacking things, you know, and I think for myself, it's really been a lot of yeah, I think giving myself permission, right? Like I feel like that's what I've taken from the season, permission to just be where I'm at, permission to rest, permission to slow down. Like, you know, I really feel that so much of reclaiming myself right now has been about that, you know, permission because I feel like if I can't get honest about what I really need and who I really am and how my energy operates, right, it's really not an honest reclaiming myself, right? And so I feel like I've had that, you know, ability to recognize that through all these conversations and through all these connections. And, you know, it's just been a really great opportunity. 
Thank you, Sonia. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank Thank you for gathering us. (laughs) Yeah. And thank you to all the listeners for being here. And, you know, we hope you enjoyed this season. I'm sure we will have another season and some great episodes that we do, you know, next year. So, you know, in the meantime, I really encourage you to honor yourself and rest and recover. And we will see you next year. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Reclaiming Ourselves. Looking for a speaker for your organization or want to dive deeper into the process of reclaiming yourself? I would love an opportunity to work with you. You can find more about my services, read articles, and listen to all of my podcast episodes at soniastatman.com. Have an amazing day and thanks for listening. See you next time.